Greetings in Jesus' name to each one here this morning. I'm glad to meet here among the believers that love the Lord. We're looking to him for guidance. And I hope this message is encouraging to everyone. Uh, but I hope you don't feel like it's directed straight for you because it's not. <laughs> and yet uh, we find ourselves in a world that there's a lot of problems and a lot of turmoil and a lot of distress. And, uh, and people seem to get caught up in it for, and, and it becomes distressing to people. And I, I just praise God that uh, God has a, a higher, better way of living in this, in this day and age than what some people take it as. You know, life, uh, yes, it has troubles and it has uh, perplexities, but they're, for, they're there for a reason and a good reason. Scripture says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I'm glad for that. So we can look at Jesus, and we can know that's exactly how he's operating today. And that's how uh, he feels and cares about mankind. Text, Matthew 14, 22 to 31. Matthew 14, 22 to 31. <clears throat> and straightway... Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went into them, unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, Is it a spirit? But they cried, and they cried out for fear. And straightway Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. The Lord, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come to thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when, he, and when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Then they, then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, of the truth, thou art the Son of God. Well, I'm glad that this morning, irregardless of whatever comes in our life, Jesus is the answer to the situation. He was there and he is there. So we have two options. You know, just like they did, they were caught in the trouble and they were caught in distress and they looked at that water and they were distressed. And you know what? It's wonderful to see that Jesus cared about them. So the title is, It Is I, Be Not Afraid. And I'm so glad Jesus spoke those words. You know, because he said, Be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. And I hope you're not afraid of anything, but I understand there's a good bit of fear in this world. But saints don't need to fear. Because Jesus says, It is I, be not afraid. And it's so comforting to hear uh, him say that. And now we see here at this text that Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship. 
I'm not sure exactly why that is. I know constrain means uh, to necessitate in the original. And it, it, actually, in the New King James, it, it says immediately Jesus made his disciples. Well, that's interesting. I think he said, look, we need to go over to the other side. And you know what? You need to get there. You can get there. You can go now. <laughs> in other words, he sent them out. And, uh, and so evidently this was compulsory. And, and it's interesting there's two parallel accounts of this passage here. And one's in Mark 6, uh, 45 to 51, and the other in John 6, uh, 16 to 21. They shed some light on these things, <clears throat> on the environment here and the situation. But it's one thing to notice. We can notice right for here, from this passage right here, that Jesus had just come off of a tremendous miracle. You know, he fed 5,000 men and women and children. And I would think uh, that would be quite, quite an exuberating, I'm not sure how to say it, experience, sit there and be part of that miracle. But it's very interesting what Jesus did. Also, in John 6, 15, it says, And when Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and make, take him by force to make him a king, he departed again to the mountain himself alone. Well, I wonder, you know, it's no question, Jesus wasn't willing to get in politics. And I don't think Jesus ever expected his people to get into politics. And yet, you know, I hear uh, uh, Christians today getting in a lot of politics. And I think that when uh, Jesus uh, said, you know, I'm not in politics in this world. We're kingdom builders. You know, the kingdom of God is what's most important. In fact, you know, he, he had just performed this wonderful miracle, and so they thought, well, man, this would make a good king. He can feed everybody. At least we won't go hungry. And uh, what does Jesus do? You have to wonder, you know, I don't know if you've ever been on a mountaintop experience, and I hope you have those along. And, but just that little phrase there, Jesus went the mountain to pray. And I really think... I know we tend to be good at praying when we're in the valley, okay? Yeah, you're distressed. God, I need you. I hope we're good prayer warriors when things are going bad. But, you know, I see Jesus being an example in prayer. You know, he had, just was the, the one that brought forth a wonderful miracle. And he says, look, you go to the other side. I need to spend a night in prayer. Now, I don't know when's the last time you spent a night in prayer, but I tell you, that's a real example. You know, we need prayer. We need Jesus because we need Jesus. And he's a perfect example. You know, he, he wasn't willing to sit there, well, okay, popularity. You know, we all like to be popular. I think so. You know, and yet Jesus wouldn't give him that bait to politics or popularity. And, you know, Jesus wasn't even a real loner. You know, some people, they seem to be loners. You know, they seem to be by themselves. How about the song, Alone with God? Alone with God. Yeah, that's how we get help. That's how we get uh, deliverance. You know, he, he, he wanted this quiet time. Jesus was alone with God. And he's a wonderful example there of prayer. You know, he wanted refreshment alone. And that's a tremendous thing. 
the disciples wasn't doing that, and they was, they was having a lot of troubles. Jesus was getting refreshment even after a mountaintop experience, fellowship. So that's what he liked, and that's what he enjoyed. And what uh, it says there in verse 24, the ship was in the midst of the sea. And uh, you know, it just says it was evening time. Well, uh, and it said there the waves were high, and they were tossed. And tossed means to torture. I don't know how many times you've been tortured. But I think a lot of times when a mountain comes our way and we're in tossed to see, we feel kind of tortured. Uh, it's easy to think that way. And uh, in the Mark account, in Mark 6, verse 48a, it says, Jesus saw them toiling and rowing, and the wind was contrary. It's interesting to note that tossed in Matthew 20, uh, 14, 24, and toiling in Mark 6, 48, is the same Greek word. To torture, okay? Hopefully, the things that have come your way in the last years or weeks have been too much torture. Sometimes we feel like they're pretty rough. And maybe, and sometimes we wonder, you know, I'm going through a really rough time. And that's easy to feel that way. Well, this Greek word is found, is from another Greek word meaning through the notion of going to the bottom. I heard a preacher one time saying this. He was very uh, entertaining in his phraseology. Uh, I didn't really identify totally with what he said, but he said, you know, sometimes it gets so bad in life you have to look up to see the bottom. Now, I hope that isn't where anybody's here this morning. But maybe you've been there sometime in your past life where, you know, you're kind of like, well, it's really getting tough. You know, I don't know. Uh, and, and, and sometimes the Lord allows that to happen. See, you know, the Lord allowed this to happen. I mean, this wasn't out of God's control, of course. Nothing happens out of control. And so, uh, so you can see the disciples were not where they wanted to be. And uh, they, they were in great difficulty. And you know, life, way, life has its ups and downs. And they, they were tossed and they were distressed. But Jesus cared. And, you know... He wouldn't go let them alone there in verse 25. And the fourth watch of the night, and I'm sure you know this, but uh, there was four watches in the night. The first one started from 6 to 9. That was the first watch. The next one was from 9 to 12. The third watch was from 12 to uh, 3 or 1 to 3. And the fourth watch was from 3 to 6. <laughs> they sent them out in the evening, okay? Now, that wasn't, uh, and that impediment was not like a lot of them were used to. I'm used to impediments that are long and skinny. I mean, you know, it's not that far to the other shore where the, it was six or seven miles across, and it could whip up some serious waves. There's no question. They had white, they could have white, I didn't say, didn't say it had white caps. It could have been white caps, easy. And they were, uh, it says, uh, I forget which reference, one of the references in the New King James says, one of the other references, they were about three to four miles out, Okay. So, and this was not your local barge or your cruise ship that's, you know, six, seven hundred feet long and just rides on the waves. Uh, it wasn't anything, I'm not saying it was 20 feet, but it could easily have been 20, at the most, maybe 30 feet. And this thing is bouncing up and down. They're rowing like everything. I mean, I can see these seasoned guys. They're rowing. Now, if they started at six, which would be the start the first watch, and at the fourth watch, they'd been rowing hard for about nine hours. Now, I'm not saying it was. That's an assumption, okay? 
but they're rowing hard for nine hours, and, and they're dab smacking the middle sea. They haven't got far, okay? From the shore to the middle is three to four miles. Now, if you want to do that in nine hours, you know you're in trouble. I mean, I, they, they were fishing. They knew they were in trouble, okay? That, that's a jest. And uh, it's amazing. And, and, and they, they were hurting. Well, a lot of times we get in distress, and we are hurting. And we are really on ourselves. Without Jesus, we are in trouble. Because that's the way they were without Jesus there. They were in trouble. Uh, I, I don't know if they're thinking about the options of who to throw in first. The light and the load, you know. The, uh, they did that for Jonah. And, uh, you know. And, but then, he, then Jesus comes along. And, and he came... And he said, it is I, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. We're in verse 27. It is I, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. That had to be the most calming words that they could ever heard. And I, I, and I tell you, who said it makes all the difference. You know, when you're in trouble and you have somebody that hasn't never been there, and he's, you know, just a youngster, and he says some words of wisdom. You know, it's just kind of just like, they don't know what to talk about. Have you ever felt that way? You know, here comes the master, the one that controls the universe, the one that allowed you to get in the storm, allowed your waves to be tossed. And right, he said, you know what he's saying? It is I, be not afraid. And those are very comforting words. And Jesus still speaks them to us today. You know, so many things going on, and there's so much fear around, there's so much turmoil. And what's going to happen in the future? And Jesus says, it is I, be not afraid. It is I, be not afraid. And that's what he wants us to hear today. You know, when we realize that that storm, that turmoil, that loss, that, that whatever that makes us get into a frenzy sometimes and kind of feel like we're alone, uh, you know, we're not alone with Jesus. Jesus is our help. And he's saying to us today, in me is your strength. It, you, you find your security in me. You know, in me is everything that's important. In me is everything that is important. You, you get stability. In, we get stability in Jesus. We get calmness of soul in Jesus. We get stability and we get security in Jesus. There's no other way. And so when things happen around you, what is going on? You know what? That's not the way we're to be. Jesus sends his children out on life's sea and things happen. And they're never to destroy you. They're never to destroy. These ways weren't to destroy those disciples. They were just to allow Jesus another opportunity to prove what he does for mankind. And that's what he does. Yes, he wants to refine us. Yes, he wants to purge us. Yes, he wants us tested. And you know what? When the storms of life come, it shows where we have our trust. When the storm of life comes, it shows where you have your trust. And so you know what? When we're on that mountaintop, and you're here this morning on a mountaintop, praise God. You need to pray that God will keep your 
your trust in faith in him strong and secure because that is all gets all revealed when when things just get out of control or something happens completely beyond what we would want and you know i think brother dave feels that way to a limited degree you know things get out of control and yet you know what you can take it with a calmness that is just uncanny it speaks of the presence of jesus and it's so beautiful yes no wonder it says that he will come to our aid. He will succor us in the times that we're tempted. And that means aid and relieves us uh, of and comes to our aid and relieves us of our stresses. He is the great burden bearer. You know, there's a song that goes along that line, and it's very true. But this uh, reading here this morning says it very plainly. But I'd like to read a few verses of the song. Does Jesus care when my heart is pained too deeply for mirth and song? As the burdens press and the cares distress and the way goes weary and long? Does Jesus care when my way is dark with a nameless dread and fear? As the daylight fades into deep night shades, does he care enough to be near? Does Jesus care when I've tried and failed to resist some temptation strong? When my deep, when for my deep grief I find no relief, though my tears flow all the night long. Oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary and the long nights weary, I know my Savior cares. I hope you can, as you hear that, you can, in your heart, sing it. With melody, that chorus from the heart, you know he cares. And I tell you, friends, when you know he cares, it makes all the difference how you how the storm is. It makes all the difference how you view the storm. And that's such such a beautiful thing to know that Jesus does care. Well, it takes faith to look to Jesus for a sense of direction and strength. Sometimes I read a poem that goes like this, and it starts. Uh, saying how man views things and then how God wants it to be. Pressed out of measure and pressed out to, and pressed to all length. Pressed so intently it seems beyond strength. Pressed in the body and pressed in the soul. Pressed in the mind till the dark searches roll. Pressed by foes and pressed by friends. Pressed pleasure on pleasure till life nearly, pressure on pressure, excuse me, till life nearly ends. Pressed into loving the staff and the rod. Pressed into knowing no helper but God. Pressed into liberty where nothing clings. Pressed into faith for impossible things. Pressed into living a life in the Lord. Pressed in loving a Christ life outpoured. Remember, Jesus won't allow any storm to come your way that is not for your good and for his glory. If you're having tough times, he never allows anything to come your way that is not for your good or for his glory. And so if you're going to the bottom, you can always find Jesus. He's always there to help you. And he is a wonderful guide. Well, Peter had a little... Uh, well, we see Jesus walking on the water. And, you know, it's just kind of an assumption <laughs> in this thing. Uh, 
But I believe that Jesus bestowed, showed there a power that he gives every one of his children. And that is Jesus walked above rough waters. Jesus walked. He, you, I just don't see Jesus popping up and down on these waves. Jesus walked above rough waters. And I, and I just think that's what he wants us to do today. Well, Peter, uh, you know, he, in verse 28, he was quite the fellow. We know that. And he said, you know, be it me, and I'm to come on the water. And I appreciate his willingness to ask the master because some people get in trouble, and they jump ship. And, you know, when you jump ship without Jesus beckoning and Jesus being obedient to Jesus, it's, it, it, it gets, goes from bad to worse. I've seen people do things on their own in bad troubles, and it just went from bad to worse. But here he asked Jesus. He had faith. He had faith in Jesus. You know, Jesus, can I come to you? Yeah, you know, Jesus. And so he had faith. I'm not sure what, Jesus, uh, what Peter had in mind. But one thing we do know, but, uh, he wasn't very patient. Uh, he's probably like a lot of us, at least, <laughs> tend to be, you know, uh, we're not going to sit around and wait for things to happen. Let's, let's get something happening. This is rough. You know, I've been here six to nine hours, and I, I need some relief. And uh, at least he was willing to say, you know, well, I'm not going to bark on this, this journey. Bid me come to thee on the water, Peter says. At least we know he was willing to say, Lord, you lead me. You know, I, I need your help. Not like I hear some Christians say, Lord, bless me. What I'm doing, I'm going to be doing. Because we're blessed when we follow the Lord. We bless, we're blessed when we ask him for direction and we obey his biddings. Some people are just say, bless me, Lord, and they do what they want to do. And they're running their own lives. And that's not the way it, was, it should be. Uh, you know, even though he's impatient, he knew better than just step out on his own. He knew that would be crazy. Uh, you know, he would have sank from the start. You know, we got to remember this is this is a term. This, this actually, this scene is just hard to fathom. <laughs> it's just hard to fathom. This boat popping up and down, Jesus walking across the waters. They're just torn like everything, and then they thought, "It's a ghost." <laughs> I hope none of us think when Jesus comes near about something weird, uh, something strange going on. Uh, well, they they could have known better because. Jesus always cares. You know, he, he cared about those winds. And so uh, Jesus took Peter's word and said, come. And come to me. And I, I was just so blessed that he was willing to come out, step out in faith. Do you enjoy stepping out in faith? We've done the last year to prove that you step out in faith. In other words, things are rough. And I mean they're above rough description. And he's willing to step out in faith. That's a beautiful, beautiful picture. Now, we, don't, we know what's coming. And uh, how, many, how often do we pray, Lord, give me the faith to follow you even in bad times? You know, when, when we prayed that, Lord, you know, time, give me faith to see you and help me respond the way I should. Help, Lord, help me to walk on the water, in other words. Now, this isn't for glory of self. This is because Jesus, you know. So he steps out. And you know, he got 
you could say he got cold feet. I think he was getting ready to get wet feet because he wasn't looking to Jesus, you know, uh, the way he should. You know, I've heard people say not too long ago, things are crazy around here. And I think Peter said that too. He said, things are crazy around here. That's an American phrase. Things are crazy around here. Yeah, that's probably true. If you look at the waves, were things crazy around there when they looked to Jesus? Not at all. Not at all. See, it makes all the difference uh, what we're looking at. You know, I, I tell you, things are so tough. I've had, I've had such, you know, in, in this list, what happens? Because God wants us tested. You know, and so Peter started looking at those big waves. And when any Christian just looks at the big waves and don't look at Jesus, they're going to sink. We're going to sink. And it's, it's good for me to remember that, you know. When we focus on the size of the waves around us rather than the ability of Jesus, we are going to sink. I guess you have to be close to golden oldie nowadays, but it used to be said here on a fairly regular basis, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Right, Brother Allen? I'm sure you remember those words. Brother Paul, I think Brother Paul Benner said those a good many times. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. Well, it's not just toughness. It's where we find our sense of direction. Yes. At least Peter had the right response. Lord, save me! And you know, that's a good thing. A lot of times we think, well, Lord, why is it getting worse? <laughs> well, maybe it needs to get worse, but I think, you know, we didn't see G, uh, Peter making some long, eloquent prayer here. He said, Lord, I need your help. And that's the way we are when things uh, uh, don't go the, thing, the way we should. You know, we need the Lord's help. We want to look to him. You know, maybe our faith is a little weak. You know, but prayer and faith in Jesus makes us able to, to ride out tough things, uh, tough situations. I am impressed how some people are going through really tough times now or in the recent past. And you know what? They're just calm and serene, beautiful, divine presence. Yeah, that's what Jesus wanted. Peter didn't do what so many times we're tempted to do. Lord, why did that happen to me? Why, why am I in there? I mean, I, I didn't need to exercise my muscles for nine months. I mean, nine hours rowing a boat. You know what I mean? And it's so tempting to do that. Uh, you know, why has this got to happen to me? You know, it probably happens to you so God can perform a miracle in your life. He can show his presence. He can show his calmness in your life and bring him glory. Can you imagine how far Peter could have walked on the water if he kept his eyes on Jesus? Wouldn't it have been amazing to see Peter walking on the water right over to the other shore? I think that's how far he could have made it. Could have his eyes on Jesus. You know, we know we think, well, Peter didn't make it far. But what if he'd have kept his eyes on Jesus? And that's our option today. Keeping our eyes on Jesus or looking around at what's happening and the things that are discouraging or what has come in our life. You have to imagine, if he'd have focused on Jesus, I believe he could have walked miles to the other shore. 
Now that would have been that would be an incredible display of the power of Jesus. And I think he wants to show that today. Well, Jesus could have rebuked Peter on the spot and told him, "What's wrong with you? I mean, you know, you walk a couple steps here. I am. Just look to me." But he didn't. He didn't. He was nice. He was kind. He cared. So immediately, in verse 31, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and lifted him up. Yes, many times we don't get what we deserve. We get help. And I thank God for that. That's our God that we serve. He, he is, he's, he's caring. He's a long-suffering God. He gives us mercy. We'll thank God for that. Lord, help me. I'm in, in trouble. And he reaches out his hand and lifts us up. We'll thank God for that. It probably happened last week for you. It has for me. He's done wonderful things, you know, for us. Yes, no wonder it says in 2 Peter 3, verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as men count slackness, but is long-suffering to, to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He is long-suffering. So when Peter was sinking, he saw, he, uh, we see the fact that trouble forces us to look at Someone higher than ourselves, and that's what we give to Jesus. We can walk on the water, rough waters, when we, by his presence, are calm and steadfast in the storm. It is evidence that Jesus is in us. We can walk on rough waters when we, by the presence of Jesus, are calm and steadfast in the storm. That's a beautiful, beautiful manifestation of the presence of Jesus. Yes, either we're walking with him or, or we're walking on our own. And see, Peter will start walking on his own. And sometimes we tend to do that because we, we, like, we don't like what's happened. You know, that's happened in the past. and Our past things, we keep making them big things and dragging us down. God doesn't want to do that. No one says in the last part of verse 31, Jesus speaks to Peter to the root of the problem and says, Oh, thou little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Wow. You know, when things come our way, it's rough. I think the enemy of our soul wants us to look at the waves. He wants us to wonder, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? You know, can it get worse? And then it does. And you know what? We start doubting. We start doubting. When we don't look to Jesus to, to keep us, and we look to him to see above these present earthly stresses, I tell you, friends, things look totally different, and we cannot shine of his glory and calmness. We will not. And I tell you, it's a form of doubting. It's a form of doubting. Because Jesus has our lives in his hands. He has our lives in his, under his control. Yes, no wonder it says in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Oh, for a life of faith, a heart of faith, knowing that Jesus is there to go with you and to gird you and to strengthen you. He does care. Yes. Doubt sees the obstacles. Faith sees the way. Now, remember how you felt last week, last month. I mean, it speaks to me, okay? 
I tell you, sometimes I get enough obstacles in my path. I think, whoa, what's going on? This ain't a mountain. This is a brick wall. You know, faith, doubt sees the obstacles. Faith sees the way. Doubt sees the darkest night. Faith sees the day. Now, this is kind of trite sayings, but there's a lot of truth to this. Uh, doubt dreads to take a step. Faith soars on high. Doubt questions who believes. Faith says, I. So faith is a necessary ingredient. Faith in Jesus, knowing that, G faith, that Jesus is, our, is with us. He's leading us. And he's allowing this storm. He's allowed this trouble. He's allowed this thing to happen in our life. And sometimes it's our fault. I, you know, and now this, I don't think this storm was their fault. I'm not saying it. But sometimes the things that come in our life or my life is my fault. Um, but faith allows a saint to step out of the boat and walk to the shore in troubled waters. Faith in Jesus helps us overcome fear of today or the future. Faith helps us overcome fear. Fear makes us doubt. And we need to remember that. We don't want to be because God is able to deliver us. And that's beautiful. God is able to deliver you and whatever comes your way, he's able to deliver us. 32 and 33. Verse when Jesus comes into your boat, there's a calm that only Christians, saints can show. A couple of verses that I think really reiterate this. I want to go on. The psalmist even says, where he says, you know, I don't need to fear. It is I do not be afraid. The psalmist said in Psalms 94, 18 and 19, when I say my foot slippeth, thy mercy, O Lord, held me up in the multitude of my in the multitude of my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. Do you get that? In the multitude of my thoughts within me, thy Comforts delight my soul. This is a man of God that is, that is walking with Jesus. And, and this is pre-Jesus time, okay? In a psalmist. And he says, you know, that when I think of you and how you've delivered me, great faithfulness we sing. It's true. Jesus has always been there. And yet, you know, the devil wants us to doubt. You know what? Does your God love you? Why do you allow this? That's, doubts come from Satan. Doubts in the, about the presence and goodness of Jesus come from Satan. And, but God wants to deliver and say, look, thy thoughts about God, they come for me and they delight my soul. That's so beautiful. That was Old Testament, New Testament. John 14, 16 says, And I will pray the Father... And this is Jesus speaking. He will give you another helper, the comforter, that he may abide with you forever. That's beautiful. As children, Jesus said, I left. See, Jesus had to come walking on the water for them to have the presence of Jesus. Guess what? If we're following Jesus, Jesus never left. He has a comforter that abides with us forever. Now, go on to verses 26 and 27 in John 14 where it says, and the helper, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom 
the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things I say unto you. Peace I leave with you. My grace I give unto you, not as the world uh, gives do I give it to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus was saying clearly, I'm leaving. I can't be with you at all times. And like the disciples, they, they didn't have Jesus around them all the time. He said, but I'm going to give a comforter to you, as, you as a believer. This morning, if we're here as believers, we can claim it says, I'm going to give you a helper, a comforter that's going to be with you at all times. He's with you in that storm. He's with you on that mountaintop when you need to pray. He's in that storm where you need to pray and where you need to have faith, where you know that Jesus is there. You trust him because you know what? He's with you in the form of the Holy Spirit. He's there all the time. And you know what it says? That spirit whispers, peace, peace. I'm going to give you my peace. And you won't find it looking around at politics. You won't find it in conspiracy theories. You'll find it in Jesus. See, I, you know, peace I give you, not what the world gives. No, the world doesn't give you peace. The world gives you turmoil. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. I want to give you my peace. God bless you in experiencing that in a troubled world. God bless you with his peace.